Welcome to the Sound Lifestyle Medicine Podcast, hosted by Dr. Mark Stefani and Dr. Jim Kozowitz. Doctors Mark and Jim are here to help navigate elements of your lifestyle that will lead to optimal health. Through deep dives into popular health topics, they will help you discover transformative insights tailored toward well-being and guide you toward a sound and healthy lifestyle. Hello and welcome to the Sound Lifestyle Medicine Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Stefani. I'm Dr. Jim Kozlitz. Our episode today is going to be the 80-20 rule, otherwise known as the Pareto Principle. And we think that this is a great topic uh, to be starting out your new year because a lot of times the clients ask us, what are the number one things that they can be doing to help change their health? And if you're not familiar with the 80-20 rule, it basically says that what can get you the base bang for your buck? What is the 20% uh, activity that will get you 80% of the results. And so for many people who are busy and just starting out, this is the way to, uh, I think, approach things. You know, it's, it's, it's much like athletics in my opinion for, I, I'm a cyclist. So for example, you know, starting out, you, you want to be like a, a pro do get all the fancy equipment and all that jazz. Uh, but really all you need to do is ride your bike. That's, that's 20% right there. And it's not something right. professional where you really get to dial in the ends of that bell curve and and focus on those one two percent uh, marginal gains. These are talking uh, what we're talking about today are going to be the things that are really going to tip the scales for you. All right. Well, I yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you you kind of explained it as the bang for your buck because I was thinking, you know, I don't know if I'm as well read as you. So I was like, how can we? It sounds like an egghead kind of. Yeah. What what's the principle? The who principle? Pareto is an Italian uh, mathematician, statistician from the 19th century. Okay. So there you go right there. So bang for your buck. That, that's that's what we're going to say. Bang for your buck. Okay. Bang for your buck. Yeah. Um, and so Jim and I each jotted down three. We don't know what each other's are. And so uh, we'll each go through them individually here, uh, do some explanations and questions, and then Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you find it hopefully here and as a good starting point as you enter into the new year. And so we'll see that. I could rock, paper, scissor for it, but I think you should just go. Fair enough. Uh, my number one has nothing to do with nutrition or exercise or supplements or anything like that. What I think is missing for a lot of people starting out in their health journey is a true motivating reason why. Now, this is something that Jim and I see on a weekly basis in the hospital. We see the people after the cancer diagnosis. We see the people after the heart attack, after the trauma, after the car accidents. And you can sense some of the regret that they've experienced and wishing that they had done things sooner. And and so what you will see as a common thread through much of uh, these podcasts and, and working with us is that th- is, is really emphasizing finding those motivating factors for you that are going to keep you making healthier choices over the long run. And, and so that's my number one is defining what it is, uh, the reasons for wanting to make these health changes. It has nothing to do with losing 20 pounds. It has nothing to do with looking better. Those are transient fleeting uh motivators 
what you really want are, you know, those intrinsic ones. And for many people that comes down to uh, family or perhaps job, legacy, things like that, uh, the reasons that are going to get you up in the morning. So that's my number one. Define. Yeah, I think that's good. I think why. Yeah, I think you, you have to really highlight that, right? I mean, to uh, just do something because some person on Instagram did something that's not really going to get you that deeper connection that you need for motivation, right? Um, so it's you got to find that thing that's going to get you out of bed and get you eating the right thing, get you right thinking in that healthy mentality. Yeah, because things are going to get hard. Yep. Number two is having a plan. Again, for many people, you try, for example, like a 30-day challenge or some other weight loss program, and what you're given is a kind of a, a cookie-cutter uh, program that that'll hit the masses. And a lot of times it's what's worked for that individual through tri- trial and error, and then they package it up and they sell it to you. Uh, but you're not that individual and they don't live your life and they don't have stressors and the uh, time factors that, that you do. And so when you start out on your health journey, have a plan and that's going to obviously uh, be in conjunction with your goals. Uh, but what you want to define is uh, how you're going to achieve them. And you can suggest to people starting out from a long-term perspective, looking out annually, and you can break that into chunks. And so having a plan with regard to you know your diet and exercise and how you're going to implement those. And obviously that, that gets much, much, much more granular. Just as important as defining what you're going to do is what are you going to try to avoid or how are you going to deal with adversity? How are you going to deal with some of those obstacles that may arise during uh, the course of this plan? Because they are bound to happen and you are bound to uh, fall off the horse. Just human nature, it happens to the best of us, but planning for it, knowing what the triggers are, knowing what the stresses are going to be, and looking forward to what those might, uh, how they might happen, and planning for it will get you back uh, on track sooner. So have a plan as my number two. Yep. I, th- I think the, you, you highlighted two things that I think is really important is the end of one fallacy, right? Like that's what Instagram is built on, right? It's this one guy or this one girl who's coming on and saying, this is what will work for me. It'll work for you. And that's just, it's, it's not, they, they don't have your life. They don't have your stressors. They don't have your schedule. And so really a lot of this is having to carve, carve out, um, what this path looks like for you individually. Um, right. and I guess the only other thing that I was thinking about is we're talking, if there's somebody out there listening that, that can correct us because we, 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 constantly interchange falling off the horse and falling off the wagon i, I feel like we need to like google this because we both do this right like which one is it jim i you know what i if you probably listen to the our episodes i probably i pause before i say horse because I, yeah. I ask myself that very thing and i think yeah. you could you can fall off the horse and you can fall off the wagon right so i fall off I a lot of things i guess yeah yeah but i'd rather be on the horse in the wagon i feel like i'd rather be in the uh the driver's seat mm. than the passenger seat. Mm. Okay. I'll buy that. Okay. I will try to use horse from now on. I'm going with horse. Okay. All right. My number three. Number three. Yeah. My number three. So the debate as to whether exercise or nutrition is the most important for health outcomes is fiercely debated. And I don't think it's actually worth answering necessarily. Um, but 
when you look at it from a, again, an 80-20 perspective and bang for your buck, I'm going to say, have a plan to increase your movement as my number three and focusing on that rather than, um, you know, switching entirely to plant-based on January 1st and giving it a go rather, uh, what I, the rationale being, I think the barrier to doing so, uh, to increasing your activity is lower than trying to, uh, implement a new way of eating. I think that's rather self-explanatory. All you need are two feet to, to increase your, um, cardio metabolic activity. Whereas for many people, you know, you need different involves new recipes, involves cooking, involves shopping. There's much more nuance and complexity to that than simply <clears throat> getting your, your heart rate up. And so, um, with that said, you are still going to gain obviously the benefits of, um, mobility in as much as you would, uh, with improved nutrition. Um, you know, the degrees and the variance in there, obviously, again, is, is up for debate, but, uh, I still think that that's going to be um, how I would say to, to prioritize somebody who is just starting out is to increase your mo- movement, focus on that first, um, and then we can tackle nutrition later. How much movement? Like on shotgun, I mean, yeah. So the recommendations are 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity exercise or 75 minutes of high intensity exercise. So that can be broken down into chunks throughout the course of the week. Um, in moderate intensity refers to, um, getting your heart rate up to the point that it feels a little challenging to speak. So unfortunately your, your Sunday stroll doesn't necessarily count, uh, with regard to moderate intensity, because what that is defining is where that threshold is for improving your cardiometabolic health, which means improvements in heart disease. Uh, reductions in, in likelihood of diabetes and mortality and all of that, weight loss, obviously, that's the threshold. And so that can be broken down into moderate intensity versus high intensity. It's moderate, it's 150 minutes a week versus high intensity, 75. And you can break that into chunks. The minimum appears to be a threshold of approximately 10 minutes at a time. So um, unfortunately, you can't binge watch uh, Netflix and and spend and count your time going back and forth to uh, the refrigerator or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 You can't lay out, you can't lay out 10, 10 like Oreo cookies and say like, I'm going to walk 10 different times to get 10 different cookies. And that counts. No, unfortunately not. Um, That is it. Sounds like an interesting game plan. We'll have to put that to the test someday. Yeah. Okay. You know, right. I just, uh Oh, I hope nobody heard that. It's going to turn that into some kind of exercise routine. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's really good. As you said, it's super easy, right? Movement is just movement. It doesn't really take a whole lot of planning. It's something that you have to do every day. So. Yeah, exactly. And I want to emphasize like, you don't, you don't need to join a gym. You don't need to find the latest fad. You don't need to do something that you don't enjoy. It could be something as simple as walking again, as as long as it can get your heart rate up, biking, swimming, Hiking, uh, it doesn't really matter the activity as long as you're achieving that elevated heart rate and that moderate intensity. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jim, the, what do you got? For the, for, I was going to say for that, for those that live here in Minnesota, that does include just going to a mall when it's 1,000 degrees below zero and the sun only comes out for an hour. That counts too. Mm-hmm. You can go to a mall, just walk around for 
you know, 30. God, God, God bless the mall walkers. Um, no, I think that those are really good, good starting points that I think they'll help people get to where they need to go. I suppose you want to hear mine now. Yes, I, I would like to, um, although I can, I can. You worried? You're going to be, no, I'm not worried at all, but okay. um, I'm just, I'm, you know, you get to talk a lot about, a lot about sleep. And so I'm anxious to hear uh, that one of yours is likely going to be sleep. Oh yeah, we'll see just about saying. that. I'm just guessing, I'm just guessing. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see about that. Well, actually my number one um, actually had to do with diet. The way I look at it is if you if you take the two poles of the, the, the two groups of people that yell at each other about diet, you've got the complete plant-based people and you've got the complete meat people. Um, and you would think that those two groups can't get along on anything, right? It's, it's might as well be Republicans and Democrats. But in fact... Um, where they do agree is they both say, you know, we should really ditch the ultra processed food that's in our diet. And so I think that's a good way for people to start if they're not really ready to make that leap to start, you know, completely changing their diet. What they can do is eliminate those ultra processed, you know, bagged and and wrapped treats that people uh, eat in mass in our society. Right. So um, the things that people that say, hey, this is really good for you, right? But has a list of 50 ingredients. And there's a little nuance there, right? Because technically things like bread is processed food, right? Pasta is processed food. But what I'm talking about is the the snack foods, right? And so that's actually where I'd say start there. So if you're someone who snacks, change from something that comes in a box or a bag to something that you have to go into the produce aisle and get, whether that be fruit, vegetables. I'll even allow... Uh, for this, allow uh, as as uh, King, <laughs> thank King you, Midas of the uh, of of the uh, of nutrition here. Um, something like hummus, I think that's a, it's a great vegetables and hummus. If you could switch to make those switches, that's an easy way, and you're not going to ruffle any feathers, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna have people turning their nose up at you for eating these things, right? You're not gonna. Yeah, no, I think it's really important that you bring up the spectrum of processed foods because to your point hummus is processed right it's it has garlic and olive oil added to it it's blended up so it is different than its whole state you're going to say to obviously hummus is a great way to uh to to be able to get your uh, legumes and and fiber you're making a distinction between that and twinkies and cheetos right and snack wells in anything labeled healthy for you Super, super simple way to figure that out, right? I can make hummus in my kitchen. I can't make a Twinkie in my kitchen. There's just no way. There you go. That was, that's perfect. Um, well, so my Michael number Pollan, two. That was like, I, I feel like that was a Michael Pollan quote right there. That you just oh, nailed. was it? Well, no, I, no, that's a Dr. King quote. Look, that needs to be. Well, I, well okay. It, I apologize to Michael Pollan if I just ripped him off. No, you didn't. Um, I'm just saying it was that little. Yeah quality right there that i feel like yeah. you should be right for the new york yeah. times right now oh okay well uh, i i will uh, i'll i'll send it to them see what they think i'm sure they don't get Perfect. solicited like that at all um my number two is a little more down the plant-based route but again not asking i don't think a huge a huge ask and it's to add 30 plants to your diet every week good lord and, yeah. Yeah, no, and again, this is not. I'm not saying that you need to go to the grocery store and just take your, take you got, you got your little trolley there, and you're just like going to start dumping things that you don't even know what they are into your. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, um, 
I think the easiest way to do this is go to a salad bar. We have a, a Whole Foods down the street and before work, I will go and just put stuff in a container and take that to work, right? And it allows me the opportunity to eat all these different plants essentially without having to purchase an entire plant, right? Like I love red cabbage, but I'm not going to lie to you. It is tough to get through a whole red cabbage, right? I mean, like they're usually the size of a basketball, right? And you're like, well, I guess it's you and me for the next seven days and we'll see who wins, right? Right. And you always get duped when you get to the checkout aisle because you're like, it's cabbage. How how expensive could it be? Yeah. And then, oh, $50. yeah. Yeah, $50 for your like 20-pound <laughs> cabbage. Right. Of, of which you eat half and the rest gets right, pulled right. up and moldy. Yeah. Exactly. So visit that salad bar and take advantage of leverage them having to cut it up for you and them having to worry about sourcing it. Just take it and just take your bowl and go and, and do that. And what that'll okay. do is it'll help you increase your fiber intake and um, it'll help the biodiversity in your in your microbiome as well. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've reached for like a rutabaga or a jicama. I'm just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand my uh, vegetable intake here and I get it home. Yeah. And, I, and you're like, oh, okay, now I need to go. Let me, let me go consult Google. How do, <laughs> what do you do, what do, you do with this? <laughs> like, wait, I don't have any of this other stuff. I need, I need to go back to the store to get all the stuff to cook right. with jicama now. Yeah. Just, just dip it in a load of salt and, right. you know, right. it'll be fine. Right. Just get it'll be fine. fine. All right. So clarify you know, 30 plants does include, uh, obviously the lettuces, but legumes and beans and seeds, root vegetables, yep. all of that stuff. Uh, Some fiber. 30. Yep. All right. Drum roll, please. Number three. Uh, you called it at the top. It's going to be something about sleep. As we move into the flu and cold season right now, we're, we're in the thick of it, as you know, at the hospital, right? It's like every other person has influenza or COVID right now. Sleep is really essential and it's important for your immune system. And so what I want people to do is something simple. I want them to set an alarm every evening to remind them that it's time to go to bed and not at the exact moment that it's time to jump into the sheets, rather a time, a good hour or so beforehand so that you can start to develop a, a tool, some tools to wind down before you go to sleep so that you maximize that sleep and you're not just laying in your bed looking at a screen. So eliminate screens an hour before, read a book, turn lights down, try to get your body in that sleep mode to try to land that plane. You know, as uh, Matthew Walker would say, it's more like landing a plane, right? You got to kind of get everything right. And so um, turn lights down, maybe take a shower and get ready to go to sleep. Um, and then a couple hours before you go to bed, no alcohol, no food. Uh, you don't want to go to bed full and you don't really want to go to bed hungry. So don't really snack, you know, right before you go to bed. It actually affects your sleep quality. You wouldn't know anything about that because if, if our listeners couldn't tell, my, my my pep is a little bit more elevated than usual. That's because I'm rested. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Dr. Jim here uh, is, you know, is a little bit more reserved than his, his usual yeah. self. Um, because yeah, night, night shifts here. Yeah, right, right. Which I, I spent my time on night shift googling and, and reviewing all the all the research articles about how I'm increasing my risk of dementia, cancer, all sorts of bad things by working nights. And as much as I've lobbied the government to allow hospitals to be closed between the hours of seven p.m. and seven a.m., nobody's taken me up on that yet. So, as it were, you and I, as long as we are hospital doctors, we will have to work at night because that's just the nature of the beast 
someday when robots will take over and we won't have to, Jim. Okay. Oh, I know. I know. Won't that be great? I'm not sure what I'll do for an income, but, um, you know, I guess, uh, I guess it'll work itself out somehow. I think those are six practical ways for everybody to improve their, their health outcomes and start their health journey. Should you be wanting to explore that come, uh, two days from now, three days from now. So, um, hopefully you found those useful. Any, any parting thoughts, Jim? No, I think, um, as, as we're reminded the new year as it's coming, it's a, it's a chance for new beginnings and everything. And so it's never too late to make changes. Um, you can make drastic improvements in your life expectancy and everything, no matter what age you're at actually. So these, these things aren't for people who are in their twenties and they're not for people in their eight. This is for everybody, the stuff that we want them to do because I want to see fewer people in the hospital and I want to see more people out by the lakes enjoying themselves. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. Well, again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Sound Lifestyle Medicine Podcast. Stay tuned within probably about six to eight weeks. We will be doing our live launch, where which will set the stage for our um, base camp course, which was going to explore all uh, the lifestyle medicine pillars. It'll be a bit available to, to everyone. And so we couldn't be more excited to be launching that in the new year. Uh, once again, thank you so much. Check out our website, soundlifestylemedicine.com and sign up for our newsletter uh, to hear about things first. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again. Take soon. care, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sound Lifestyle Medicine Podcast. For more insights and practical tips, subscribe and catch us on the next episode. Until then, here's a few things you can do right now to get started. Download our free Six Pillars of Lifestyle Medicine Guide to begin optimizing your health today or book a free 30-minute informational call with us to learn more about how sound can give you the tools for a healthier you. Lastly, discover your clear and personalized roadmap to optimal health through enrolling our Better You Basecamp course. You can grab the links to all these and more in each episode's show notes. So here's to a sound, healthier you, and we'll see you next time.